Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good day. Good night. And welcome to Soccer Today. The podcast. I'm Kevin Laramie, and today we'll preview the quarterfinals of the World Cup, looking at Croatia-Brazil, Netherlands-Argentina, Morocco-Portugal, England-France. From a statistical and pragmatical point of view, we will be looking at all that is important to know, heading into the last eight games of this tournament the quarterfinals the semifinals the final and the third place match let's not forget the famous third place match that belgium won and maybe we will start with belgium because there's news concerning belgium the belgium national team eden azar retiring from international football a little bit surprising but the belgium international the captain as of until now has it retired and uh, this is an excerpt taken from soccertoday.ca your brand new website where you can get some information and some analysis news analysis and of course the home of the podcast and the video magazine soccertoday.ca and of course this is a quote from Sameh El Sayed a philosopher in the Middle Ages in the Arab world the greatest challenges humans face throughout their lives are twofolds the challenge of where to start and the challenge of when to stop and Eden Azar has decided to stop his Red Devils career right here right now after this World Cup this is taken from his Instagram page where he mentions the following a page turns today thank you for your love Thank you for your unparalleled support. Thank you for all this happiness shared since 2008. I have decided to put an end to my international career. The succession is ready. I will miss you. Eden Azar. He made his debut for the national team at 17 years and 316 days old. In a friendly against Luxembourg in 2008, it took him three years to first score a goal for Belgium, and he did so against Kazakhstan in a friendly, going in and out of the starting 11 in his first three years with the Red Devils. He was part of the famous golden generation that 
He's also the first one to retire from. We will see if this is the first of many for Belgium. Other players might follow suit. Following Capi, the captain, he was named the captain before Russia 2018 and he did captain that team to the best result ever for Belgium, which was the third place. They beat England in that famous for a third place match 2-0 and he got his third man of the match honors in that match and it was of course the third of the tournament and that was a feat that has not been accomplished since and it was the only player in that tournament that did so he finished russia 2018 with three goals and two assists and after the fact the fifa technical study group which is a group that looks at statistics and stats and also match reports and talk around uh, in my mind they talk around a round table you know and they, they all have like computers and calculators and texas instruments uh, advanced calculators and they just make really complicated graphics and they they talk about what the results of the World Cup mean and who stood out. And he was awarded the silver ball at that tournament, being uh, voted the second best player of the entire tournament and given a silver ball. Here are his numbers with the national team, the Red Devils, in his entire career, 126 star games, 105 starts, almost 9,000 minutes to be precise, 8,698. That does include Qatar 2022. 33 goals, 36 assists, minutes per goal with the national team from his beginning to his end is 264 minutes per goal. So he scores once every three and a half games for the Belgium national team. He did score 10 times from the penalty spot and he has gathered an expected goal value per game at the World Cup of 0.45, well, 46 to be precise, and that is almost 0.5, which means it's a goal every two games at the World Cup level. That is his statistics for his entire career. It'll be interesting to see how his club career continues and if he can focus on maybe re-establishing the level he had before all the injuries and his transfer to Real Madrid. Eden Hazard, of course, famously was developed by multiple clubs. Lille is, in French was his club that got into the highest level in France. He stayed there almost eight years, went to Chelsea for almost five, and eventually ended up with Real Madrid, which was one of his dreams, but the dream really turned into a nightmare quite quickly for Eden Hazard injuries and really expectations that were never really met up until today with the Galacticos. But now that we've talked about Edenazar, maybe it's time to, to focus and start looking at what is going to be a battle royale starting Friday, 10 a.m. Croatia, Brazil. Who's the favorite? Who's going to end up putting the other one into submission? And of course, I'm making all these references to wrestling because to me, this is a battle royale. There's a couple favorites and a couple not favorite. And if you look in the description of this show or you look on my social media, I, I had some fun with some graphics and made a little bit of wrestling references. So let's go. Let's talk about the first one, the first matchup. In the quarterfinals, Croatia, Brazil, ring the damn bell. It's at, first of all, 10 a.m. on December 9th. You can listen to it and watch it in Canada on TSN, CTV, Fox in the United States. On the radio here in Canada, 
the iHeart Radio stations, TSN Radio, Sirius XM, you can listen to that game. I think it's going to be a very interesting one. After needing penalties to get over the surprising blue samurai of Japan, Croatia is now heading to Education City Stadium to face, as of right now, the odds-on favorite to win the World Cup, Brazil. Yeah, they are the odds-on favorite. They are my favorite also. Almost twice as heavy favorite as France, even though France are the defending champions. Right now, if you want to bet on Brazil to win the World Cup, you bet a dollar. You get 275 back, which is not amazing, but it is what it is. They are a heavy favorite to win the tournament. And the Blazers, which is a nickname, one of the nicknames, of course, of Croatia, are going to have to do something they've never done before. They're going to have to beat Brazil. And they've never beaten Brazil. They have never won against Brazil. They have faced them four times in the past. Three losses, one draw. They faced each other twice at the World Cup. And the first time was in 2006 in Berlin during the Germany World Cup. And this game in Berlin was in Group F. And it was their opening game of the tournament for both of them. Brazil won 1-0. Kaka with the scoring on that day at the 44th minute and a young Luka Modric was on the bench but did not play on that day he was looking for minutes but still a bit too young and not chosen he did not make an appearance during this game but what a win for Brazil of course this was the first World Cup game coming off their win in 2002, winning the Japan-Korea World Cup in 2002, moving on to be a heavy favorite in Germany, didn't turn out so well, and we can look at that on another day. Let's now look at the other game that happened between the two at the World Cup, and this one was in Brazil. It was in 2014 in Sao Paulo, in Arena de Sao Paulo, that's where Sao Paulo FC plays, and Neymar scored twice. Oscar, I remember Oscar a lot because at that moment he was a superstar for Chelsea, one of my favorite players ever. If you don't know, I'm a Chelsea supporter. Well, supporter is a big word. I'm a Chelsea aficionado. I think I would make more sense. I, I lean towards Chelsea, but that's about it, you know. But uh, he scored a third one for the Celisau there with uh, Neymar twice. Marcelo scored, but not on the right net, and it finished 3 1 for Brazil. Again, Brazil has never lost to Croatia in a friendly position or during a game. Both teams play a different type of soccer. A very offensively geared 4-2-3-1 is played by Brazil. When we look at Croatia, a possession-based, a Finding the right opportunity base. Funny how they tried to play direct the last game they played. Didn't quite work out. We'll see what what I call, uh, what tactical awareness, what tactical approach they're going to take here against Brazil. It's going to be a 4-3-3. And here are my notes. And again, if you're looking for a written version, you can find a written version of my quarterfinals preview on the website at soccertoday.ca. So we'll go a little bit deep dive here into uh, what I call the paying statistics. And if you want my prediction later, stay tuned. I'll try to give you a prediction where you can make some a little bit of money. Let's look at how Brazil is going to be Croatia. First of all, it's, uh, I don't know what time it is where you are, but where it is for me, it's a bit uh, it's coffee time. Every time is coffee time for me. 
So, Croatia is the team left in the competition with the highest expected goals against value of 5.0. And I think they're going to struggle against what, what could say the best attack left in the tournament, Brazil, which has an expected goal value of 9.4. It's the second highest is... You know, expected assist for them is 6.5. Uh, by the way, the only team that has more expected goal than Brazil is Germany. And we all know what happened to Germany in this, this tournament. They, they forgot to, uh, to defend and move on and to prepare. NC Flick, I don't know how you get from that one. Speaking of, I don't know how to get over a bad performance. Luis Enrique has quit the manager of Spain. Got back home after the disappointment of losing to Morocco in penalties. And he quit. Luis Enrique was going to quit regardless. He's looking for a club team to go back to. It'll be interesting how uh, how he's perceived after this failure of Spain in this tournament. Let's now look, continue to look at Brazil. So I talked about their 9.4 expected goal value in this tournament so far. 6.5 are his expected assists. So not only do they score a lot of goals, they score a lot of goals by playing together. One of the highest, second highest in the entire tournament so far, the expected assist value. And to me, one, I guess my darling statistics over the last few months has been the shot creating actions. Because I do believe it indicates an ability and a proficiency to get creativity of a ball. And shots is one thing. Creating a shot is what's important. Because when you look at replicability, which is my word of the day, replicability. I'm going to talk about that later when I talk about France and England. Do not miss that preview. But replicability is important when you look at a team's potential to win a game, lose a game. How do they replicate their goals? Are their expected goals close to their goal value? That is, to me, what replicability is. But here is a shot-creating action. The more shot you can create, the higher are your probability of scoring a goal. And we've talked about how they allow a lot of goals against, at least a lot of chances. Their expected goals against value is big for Croatia. Well, one of the teams that creates the most action, the most shots, are Brazil. And they have 133 so far in all their games with an average of 33.25, which is basically 33 shots or created shots during a game. If you score every four, every five shots, which is maybe even less than they do, you score three, four times against a team that is expected to give maybe a goal at least in this one. At least, I believe, because I think, and that is time to take out your cash because I believe Brazil will win by two goals. That is my prediction. Brazil by two goals in regulation. It's going to be a beautiful day in Rio. A beautiful day in Sao Paulo. A beautiful day in Porto Alegre. It's going to be party on the beach in Brazil. Let's move on to our second game. The second game that will take place on Friday. And that is... The Netherlands versus Argentina. Uh, this one's at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. It will be at Lucille Stadium 
once again on TSN CTV in Canada, Fox, the United States, iHeartRadio, TSN Radio, and Sirius XM. One of the surprises, I guess, left in the tournament, the Netherlands playing really well with Memphis Depay. Let's not forget Cody Gakpo, who scored 30, who scored three goals already. One statistic that to me is very important is Memphis Depay, 43 goals in 85 games with the Netherlands and 29 assists. That's a very high, very high output by the striker. And he is back in form. He has been back with his team over the last couple of games and really showing how this team could be dangerous. They're going to face Argentina with Lionel Messi, Leo Messi. That's going to be very difficult. But still, I believe that it could be closer to what we think. They'll need all the attack that they can muster. Because, and you can find those notes called Kevin Notes on my preview article on the website, well, Argentina has the best defense in the tournament, according to defense metrics, with an extremely small 1.3 expected goals against value in four games, an average of 0.33 goals given a game. And that is very, very low. The Netherlands have an expected goals against value of 3.9 with an average of 1.4. So if this goes to chalk, there's one goal that's scored. And it's given up by the Netherlands. And this could be the difference maker in this match. And I do believe that Argentina will win a close affair. Once again, take out your wallet. Argentina wins a close affair. 1-0 in extra time. Messi puts it back in the net at the end of the game. Argentina wins 1-0 in extra time. Messi, the goal scorer. You heard it first. And if that's the case, well... It's going to be a joyful day at the Soccer Today headquarters. Let's now move to the third game, the first one on Saturday morning. Morocco, Portugal. Saturday, December 10th, 10 a.m. at Altumana Stadium. It's going to be an interesting one. There's a lot of drama on the Portugal side. Cristiano Ronaldo left on the bench at the beginning of last year. Last game was the first time since the mid-2000s that he was left off the starting 11 for Portugal. When he's healthy, of course. And uh, his replacement, Gonzalo Ramos. Santos? I forgot his first name. Let's uh, let's look, because it's quite important. So uh, what's his first name? Say it's Gonzalo. Let me check. Let me check, because th that's important. Anyways, we'll talk about it when we look in a second, but he scored three goals. His replacement scored three goals, and Ronaldo could be <laughs> in danger of even starting again. I think he's going to start on the bench, but it will be a, a statement that will continue to be made by Ramos, because I think he's going to start again. And uh, yeah, Morocco beat a contender, but, but Portugal has a good beating Switzerland 6-1. But uh, will it continue? Will the drama continue? That's the interesting aspect. Portugal and Morocco faced each other twice in their history and both times at the World Cup. The first time was in the Mexico 1986 World Cup, a Group F matchup that saw Morocco win 3-1 with Abderrazek Kairi scoring a brace in the victory. The second time was in 2018 in a Group B matchup in the Russia World Cup that saw Portugal win 1-0 with the long goal coming from the boot of none other than Mr. Headlines this week himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. 
Formations of choice, Morocco 4-3-3, Portugal 4-3-3, a different 4-3-3, Morocco playing a more defensive, more compact, a bit more, I guess, suffocating 4-3-3, Portugal trying to find their strikers, trying to open up a bit more of a wide, a bit more of a fluid, overlapping with midfielders, attackers type of 4-3-3. Portugal is one of the most accurate teams when it comes to shots at this World Cup, with 40% of their shot being on target. And with the clinical finish of the Portuguese players, it could be a long match for Morocco. Every Cinderella story has a beginning, and I do believe that they also have an end. And my prediction that is coming right now is that the clock strikes midnight, the carriage, the pumpkin is back, so the carriage turns back into a pumpkin, and Portugal wins by two in regular time. But now it is time to take a short break because when we come back, we will, of course, break down the biggest game of them all. And I did a long and hard research on this one. And of course, the winner of this game controls the English Channel and, of course, the future of the relationship between the two countries, right? No? No? All right. We'll talk about that and more after we give a little airtime to our sponsors. Thank you for sponsoring this show, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you like this show, you can find the podcast version on soccertoday.ca, of course. News articles available on the website and the magazine show on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at soccertoday. Just Google YouTube and at soccertoday. That's the new YouTube handle, which is like a username, and you can find that on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com, look for at soccer today. You'll find the channel, and you will find 
our great content news article we have a great article on eastman kone available on the website right now where we look at his his, his journey to vicarage road of course where he will be playing starting next week next few weeks for watford let's now talk about the biggest game in my opinion the last game of the docket the last game of the quarterfinals that will determine, in my opinion, which team has the nicest and easiest path or maybe best path to a final. I think it's going to be tight, but that's an interesting game right here. England versus France, December 10th. That is Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Albite Stadium on TSN and CTV in Canada. Fox in the United States. Big Fox, of course. iHeartRadio, TSN Radio, Sirius XM radio the winner gets control of the channel it will be the third meeting at the world cup between these two rivals the first one being in 1982 in england no, sorry in history england faced france 32 times in all competitions that is mostly friendlies and other competitions all the way to the world cup but with a record of 17 wins nine losses and five draws england has the advantage Mbappe is the best striker in this tournament so far. Five goals scored. And to the surprise of many, Harry Kane has been the best passer with the only player having three assists. France has found a chemistry that does remind me of Russia 2018. And we all know how that ended. Speaking of Mbappe, at the end of the group stage, I did a research statistically. Looking at his performance in those three games, well, two and 2.2 games because he played just barely a few minutes in the third group stage game and I was finding a lot of interesting aspect of his of his of his game is that's his stats were very high and to me he was well he was going to win the world the, the golden boot at that point. I knew that he was gonna win the gold the, the golden boot even though he was not top of the goal scorer. There were like multiple players with three goals at that point. But he had the highest expected goal, the highest expected goals per game, the highest shots and shots on target, the highest shot-creating actions or goal-creating actions with his teammates around him too. If you count how many shots created around you, that does affect the efficiency you could have ahead of goal. One assist, two, seven shots on target, nine, like an average of 6.9 shots per game in the tournament. So I knew he was going to be very good. He might be the difference maker here. But let's continue and preview this quarterfinals matchup. And uh, we all know how that ended going back to Russia 2018 that their chemistry this year remind me of. Mbappe, even though he did miss training on Tuesday, he has been uh, open to the media to a point. He hasn't really talked to the media, but he's talked to some media or very controlled environments, mentioning his obsession with this tournament. And I predict he's going to finish with at least a Golden Boot trophy, if not more, like maybe the maybe the trophy of winner of this tournament or whichever the case may be. But to me, where the advantage comes here is the depth of the roster because of France's depth. We know Ibrahim uh, Sterling is back with the camp now, but do we know how how he's doing? Is he gonna be able to be at the same level as they would need? A Raheem Sterling against a France. That's the question. But to me, it's the tactical flexibility of France. Yes, they play people out of position sometimes, and we're all wondering what the heck Didier Deschamps is doing sometimes. 
But their speed on the flanks with Dembele, Kamavinga, and Mbappe, that's going to be a talent. A very big challenge for the tactically rigid English side. There are two teams who like to play with the ball, and more on that later, with a high possession base percentage since the beginning of the tournament. It's going to come down to who will be efficient with their opportunities in front of the net. And yes, you might know right away what I'm going to predict with this one if you think about that. Both teams play a similar formation, 4-2-3-1, and similar way of using that formation, the big difference being the speed of the French players on the flanks versus the speed of the English players on the flank. And the English, I guess, strength will be in the middle of the pitch. If you look at France's strength, it'll be more on the outside. If we look at form and how the players have been playing. Let's go with my notes when it comes to this matchup. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's a matchup between two teams with high possession. France, 58% possession since the beginning of this tournament, 64 for England. The opportunities and efficiency to finish in those chances will be what makes a difference in my opinion. France has generated an average of 32 shots creating actions over their World Cup so far. Virtually twice as much as England has. The three Lions only have created a goal, like, well, I'll get to my ratio, but a shot creating actions about 16 so far. I like to compare expected goals and goal scored to gauge the applicability factor of the performances. And when I compare those ratios, France really has an edge over England. France, 8.6 expected goals for 9 goals scored. A goals expected factor that I call 98% of their goals are applicable. 98% of their goals were expected Hence, replicable to me. When I look at England, that ratio is totally different. England has 6.3 expected goals. And yes, they are one of the, the highest scoring attacks so far with 12 goals scored. But when we do the ratio of 6.3 expected goals divided by 12 goals scored, that accounts for 53% of their goals were expected coming from chances that are replicable, that are clear-cut, that are, well, that you should have scored on them. That's 53%. That means 47% were individual play of brilliance or things similar to that. That's a lot. That's almost 50-50. And you can't count on 50-50s at a World Cup to get victories. To me, only 53% of their goals were replicable. And that's a massive edge for the Frenchmen. Also, when I look at a defensive equivalent of that stat, and we'll get to that stat in a second, but when I look at the equivalent on the other side, on the defensive side, I also see a huge advantage for France. So one of my favorite stats I've talked about earlier, shot creating actions. I do like recoveries, interceptions, and tackles together 
a whole lot. It gives me a value of possibilities of recuperating the ball, of keeping the ball, of having the ball, of intercepting the ball, and getting the ball back. And when you get it back in a 50-50, how many of those do you recover? Can you intercept? Do you tackle? Do you get that ball back? So all those together, our tackles do in, in, do indicate a certain amount of pressure done too, and send the defensive type of game. So when you have a high combination of all three, it does give to me at least an indication that you're better than the other team in getting the ball back in 50-50 balls. Mostly you'll win your duels defensive duels, hence the amount of tackles, you'll get the ball back at a higher rate than the other one. And altogether, it gives you a certain amount of advantage and it gives me a numerical value of the defensive play that I can correlate between teams. So I do like that a lot. Let's go and do that equations for France and for England. Let's start with France, defending champions. France has 193 recoveries so far in this World Cup. 44 interceptions and 88 tackles for a total of 325. Keep that in mind, 325. I'll circle back to it. Let's go to England, the three Lions, 182 recoveries, 30 interceptions and 49 tackles for a numerical value of 261. Big disparity between the two. And that indicates to me, like I was talking about, a higher potential of recovering the ball possession if you lose the ball a higher capacity of taking away the possession from the opponent. And if both teams fight for the ball, like they are going to because it's two teams that like to play with the ball, well, the ability to get the ball back might be what tips the scale. And, well, if you're looking at a team that is used to playing well but playing up to the ability of their opponent like France, and you tip the scale by just winning those duels, getting the ball back if you lose it in the midfield, and getting an opportunity for your best striker, that mentions to me that, well, my cashing prediction is Mbappe scores again. Dembele finds the space in front of Jude Bellingham, and it's a party on the Champs-Élysées. Oh, Champs-Élysées! Admit it, you sang along with me, Allez les Bleus, by two goals. And that is my cashing prediction. And I know a lot of you out there are willing to fight me. Well, I'm right here, at Kevlarme. Fight me on Twitter. Let me know what you think of my predictions. What is your prediction for this before we say goodbye i want to look at the attack too because we've talked about defensively we've talked about the expected goals expected goals against let's look at some of france and england's statistics and number heading into this amazingly well it's a hyped up match but it's going to be an amazing match and i think we're going to have one for the ages so let's look at the two attacks with multiple statistical values that I love and gives me an indication of who has an advantage once again. Because this is France-England. This is the two countries, if I go down in my genealogy, way down in my genealogy, four or five hundred years ago, well, you get a lot of those two. So here we go. Let's go with the champions. Let's go with France. We've talked about their goals. They have nine goals. 
8.6 expected goal. An average per game of 2.15 expected goal, which means they're expected to score at least twice. 58% average of possession this year so far, this year in the World Cup. They have 85% passing accuracy, a 31.75 shot creating actions per game and 22.75 crosses per game and to me that's well that could be how they score one of their goals a nice little cross that is whipped in and founds the head of a rabio or something goals 12 for england 6.3 expected goals for a 0.53 percent 53 i guess ratio expected goal per 90 of 1.58 Possession average 64 high possession, but their shot creating actions are almost half of what France is. So they have the ball a little bit more than France, but they do half as less than France does. So that is what you need to remember. Both teams like to, to be efficient passing the ball 85%, 87%, and 16 crosses per game for France so far. And that is your France england preview we'll take a, another short break when we come back we'll finish the show by looking at canada and how now with hindsight they truly were doomed from the beginning lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Out of eight, two teams out of eight. We're in Canada's group and they're still playing right now as we speak. Two teams were there. And then there was the second best team in the world according to the FIFA World Rankings with Kevin De Bruyne might be the best player in the entire world. And that was the third team in Canada's group and then you had Canada. Canada was in the group of death. Canada was walking in the shadow of the valley of death. Without a prayer for success. We scored a goal. This group was harder than 86. 86 was France. France wasn't what it is today. France in 1986 was maybe closer to what Canada is today than what France was in 1998 and onwards. Canada had the Soviet Union in their group in 1986. Yeah, that was maybe one of the biggest, biggest and baddest team in the entire world at that point. Like the pool of players they could draft from. <laughs> it was like half the world almost. And then you had Hungary, who was still considered a powerhouse of the soccer world in 1986. So Canada was doomed from the beginning in 2022. With Croatia, runners-up in 2018, a couple of the best players in the world with Modric, Perisic, and Mitrovic, who's played amazingly. Karakovic also played amazingly. And... You had Belgium, who played like crap. Let's call a spade a spade. They beat Canada on a technicality because Canada didn't pay attention for 15 seconds, which I guess is not a technicality. They should have. But there was one moment of 
lapse focus and Canada paid for it by giving up a goal and Canada's the only one that created a goal against Morocco yes it was an own goal it was given to the Moroccan defender but Canada created a goal and it's the only team so far to have created a goal against Morocco and Montreal born Bonneau so Canada can keep his head up high as a country, we can be criticizing, we can be critical on John Herdman's aspect of F Croatia and that whole thing, or the tactical adjustment in a couple of the games. That can be broken down into learning opportunities for the next time. Should he go? Should he stay? That's something maybe for the next few weeks to ponder on. But for now, let's keep our head high, Canada. And until next time, which will be after the quarterfinals, have a great soccer.